Welcome to Your Music Saved Us, where two friends blast ourselves into the past to relive and recontextualize the alternative Christian music we grew up listening to in the 1990s. My name is Jay, and I'll be your host for today. And listen, I don't, I don't know what's going on with him, but my co-host is is just he seems to be having a moment right now. I don't know. I wish he'd calm down, but he keeps going, he's screaming out like "sexuality is democracy," and I, I don't know why. I can't get it. I, it's, he just seems focused on it. But anyway, anyway, my my co-host today is Clifton. Clifton, how are you doing? Something about my intentions poor. I'm the only one who would, I don't know. Fuck this album. <laughs> yeah, Clifton, uh, since you made us listen to it, what are we listening to today? <laughs> All right, Jay, imagine if there was like a Christian band, but they were like secretly a Christian band, but not secret at all. And like everyone wondered if they were a Christian band, but it was pretty explicit. Right? Right. 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 All right. That we're listening to the juggernauts of the late 90s, early 2000s, arena rock, post-grunge, thrash metal, calm down into something that can be played on the radio, Creed, their first album, My Own Prison. And I felt like it was My Own Prison listening to it, Um, but anyway... (laughs) Clifton, was this? Uh, this is a stupid question, but was it hard to find to listen to? It is on Spotify. <laughs> I think I only listened to one song on Spotify. Thankfully, M- mostly kept it on my computer so that it might doesn't show up in my end of year list. So, oh yeah. no, you've, to- yeah. you've totally screwed over my algorithms now because that's how I listen <laughs> to it. So, oh well. Good. Another question we normally ask: Was this played in youth group? <laughs> it was not. Yeah. I mean, maybe you know if you had played? some really like progressive, I mean, maybe group somewhere, but not not ours for sure. Yeah, way too heavy for youth group, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, he says, "God damn" in one song. God, so. fucking damn! <laughs> but we'll talk about it, Clifton. Are we getting preached at in this? Yes. Uh huh. Just as much <laughs> as any Christian album that we've covered. So more so. Than some of the albums that we've covered. Absolutely so far, more yes. so than some of the ones we've covered. <laughs> I, I'm a little we'll talk more about it, but a thought I've had the whole time is like, why did this connect so much with the culture at the time? Right? Like lyrically, this is I don't know. There there's there's reasons it could, there's reasons it couldn't, but it seems odd to me that this really made such waves. Yeah. But I anyway. Agree. Well, before we go on too much, I want to remind everyone to visit patreon.com slash YMSU to contribute to get extended episodes. I swear to God, we'll be putting more up there soon that you can enjoy. And um, we do really appreciate our patrons that support us. And um, yeah. Why don't we thank all of our patrons? Let's thank them. All right. We have the newest patron joining just this last week. Charles Murphy, former guest. Thank you, Charles Murphy. Then we have Noel Westbrook, Julie Ross, Brian P., Chris Lane, 
the ghost of Larry Nichols, Gravity Head Zero, Chris Smith, and Brock Didus. Thanks, everybody. Thank we really all. appreciate your support yeah. and um, hope to do more shout outs in the future. And yeah. Yeah. Thank all of y'all. Okay, Clifton. Here it comes. Tell us about Creed. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you know, we usually do this because we're, tr- we like cover, you know, unknown bands, which is not the case here. So I'm mostly just going to steal a little bit of from Wikipedia just to give us enough background to talk about the album, you know. Okay. So Creed is originally from Tallahassee, Florida, formed in 1994 out of a friendship between Scott Stapp and Mark Tremonti, who were both attending Florida State University at the time. Uh, The other members were added through auditions, basically. They wrote a few songs, but also played a lot of covers in the early days. And eventually the band played at a club owned by one Jeff Hansen, who, after hearing the band, became their manager. Wikipedia also says that he, quote, set out about developing their act. I can't imagine what that means, but there it is. The details of the recording of uh, My Own Prison of this album are hard to find, honestly. I don't know why, but they are. Um, but basically, Hansen paid for the recording of My Own Prison in 1996 or early 97, about $6,000. And the band released the album themselves in June of 1997, at which point it was almost immediately grabbed up by Wind Up Records. Some of the songs were tightened up. I, don't, I, couldn't, tell, I couldn't figure out if some of them were re-recorded or if they were just tightened up in like post. I don't know. Some of them are a lot shorter. Like My Own Prison is almost a minute shorter. Some of them should have been shorter. Um, but we'll get <laughs> yes. to this. <that. laughs> yes. Um, and then it was re-released by Wind Up in August 1997, literally just two months later. So, I mean, this guy Jeff Hansen, you got to give him credit. He spots this band, becomes their manager, plunks down $6,000 to get them, you know, mm-hmm. um, recorded on the debut album. And I don't know, did that album go platinum? I mean, it sold a ton of copies. I'm sure he Six made- times platinum. Okay, so he made a lot of money. <laughs> yes. Yeah. As much as I do not like this style of music or this band, I, you know, give credit where credit's due. That, that's yeah. impressive. It has sold over 6 million copies worldwide today. Wow. And $6,000 yes. to record. Okay. Plus, there's, you know, just like, let's look at Spotify. Like, how many people, like, how many listeners a month does Creed have? More than I thought. Yeah, six million. Six million monthly listeners. I really thought this was one of those things that, like, surely people don't still listen to Creed. And nope, I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of people our age who are feeling old and uh, nostalgic. I guess I don't know. Well, speaking of people that listen to Creed, <laughs> Clifton. <laughs> I'm very curious to know the answers to this. So, Clifton, when did this first come into your life? I don't remember how or why I started listening to this. Probably, like, on the radio or something like that. And I didn't even listen to the radio back then. It was just, like, on in some of my classes. Like, I was in a few computer classes, and, like, they would turn on the radio while we silently did work on our computers, you know? I don't know. But anyways, it wasn't immediate. I know that, because I didn't get it in 97. I mostly remember listening to it in later 98, I think. I also remember, you know, 
understanding that like I should be embarrassed by it <laughs> at the time. You know? It's fair. We all have stuff like that. Fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, say more. What kind of role did it play in your life at the time? How'd you feel about it? Like Yeah. So thinking about the like why I listened to it, I think that you know, I was a big fan of Plank Eye, you know, at this time. And Plank Eye had a lot of that kind of post grunge energy thing going on. Um, I think we can pretty safely say that in Plank Eye, like Scott brought a lot of kind of punk type type grungy stuff to it, but the other guys brought more of this grunge kind of Pearl Jam type thing. So I think there was a lot of that in my head at the time. And I think there's a lot of, there's going to be a lot of like stylistic similarities to, to Creed from Plinka. I don't think it's a big jump, you know, from Commonwealth, like some of the more post grungy kind of Pearl Jammy songs on Commonwealth to this album, honestly. Plus, you know, when we get to talk about the lyrics, we'll obviously talk about why this was an appropriate album for Clifton to listen to in uh, late high school. I can get, I could see the lyric thing. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. You know, I don't know if it had an, like, if it played a role in my life. Like, well, so there, like, I, I never listened to another band like this you know, that had like these metal kind of sensibilities to them. And I never would like, I find it completely off putting today. And, and maybe, maybe, I don't know, but maybe this like pushed me away from that. I can't say, but hopefully it did. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I will say dear listeners, as I was listening to this and thinking about this, I was scratching my head because of all the people I know, Clifton is the one that's the most into like, <laughs> twee type music you know he's the <laughs> guy i know that probably likes bell and sebastian the most and tully yeah. craft and bands like that so i was really kind of like <laughs> what the hell um <laughs> <laughs> and even when i met clifton which was probably a year after he was in this i had no idea that he had ever really liked this i mean even at that point it didn't really make sense so yeah this is an interesting one for sure <laughs> did you ever listen to this not that I know of. <laughs> Not <Yeah>. on purpose. <laughs> I Did you hear it on the radio? I think I might have heard, what was the biggest song? My, uh, My Own Prison, probably. Yeah. I think I might have heard that one. I definitely remember Creed from the next album with, like, yes. Higher and all those songs. Like, this yeah. one, not as much. But um, if I heard it, it was definitely on the side. I do remember, though christian kids talking about creed a little bit and like i think they might be a christian band i don't know if you listen to their lyric blah 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 i do remember that discussion <laughs> from back in the day so i remember it a little bit but not as much as i would think it would take for me to listen to this so i don't know i just have a hard time figuring out why i listen to this well um i, I do have a memory of this though yeah please share so in my high school punk band my senior year I wrote a song that was kind of influenced by Creed. Let's and let's use that very loosely. Mm -hmm. um, Creedish, but like I said, I knew enough to be embarrassed by it. And I so when I presented the song to the band, I didn't tell them that. So thankfully, the song got like punkified, and honestly, it was one of our one of our probably our better and more mature songs. Yeah, 
So what made it Creedish when you presented it to them? You know, it it had like the kind of stupid arpeggiated chord opening thing and then got hard and like it was just kind of the same okay. s- style of song craft, yeah, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Well, not the metal licks, though, not any, you know, I mean, you can do that with punk, too, but, you know, you can, you can. So, uh, you know, were there any songs that stood out to you from your memories? No, fuck off. (laughs) All right. So, uh, what was your first impression, you know, kind of upon re-listening? So, and I think I already texted you this, because honestly, my first impression was, is this the right album? Like, how did I enjoy this? Like, I really thought I'm like, wait, do they have another album around this time? <laughs> Cause like I recognized very little of it immediately. As I listened to it more and more, I did remember more of it. But at first I was just like, my God, this is unbearable. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> shall we jump in? I guess so. I All right, so. Clifton, start us off. Song number one, Torn. All right, so Creed's style, especially on this album, is very much in that like post-grunge 95, 96 sound, but leaning hard towards the Pearl Jam side of grunge, influenced by like classic rock and thrash metal, with no touch of the kind of like poppier punk-influenced Nirvana side of, of grunge, you know, which is important just as we listen to this whole album, because that's where they're pulling everything from hard Pearl jam hard. Like when I say hard, I don't mean like heavy metal. I mean, heavy music. I mean, hard, like intense, like they're very in debt to Pearl jam and, and, and Metallica and things and things like that. I think Pearl jam, especially with the vocals. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Scott's vocals are just straight up Eddie Vedder. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So we'll, we'll talk about it. So um, the album opens with this kind of like slow, clean, with a little reverb, arpeggiated minor chord thing, which is kind of what I, you know, uh, um, ripped off for for the song that I wrote for my band. You know, kind of, kind of, um, with this like deep bass, uh, like like all all everything is bass heavy on this album, and when the bass is playing, it's almost always like just like this thunderous like kind of thing, you know. And the vocals come in, and they're just nasally and drawn out, and they have this annoying, like, twang affectation to them. You know, like, like every, every line has to end with this, like, almost like a little bit of southern rock. Like, like this even happened around this time with, with, like, Dinosaur Jr. did this kind of thing, too, where they had this almost, like, southern rock twang to their vocals. I don't know what the what the thing going on was, but it was everywhere. Well, and it's like a, yeah, sorry. Just the rhythm, like the delivery of them, especially in this song was annoying to me. Like, mm-hmm. like he, the first word of each verse, he like holds out like, mm-hmm. this is what they tell me. You know, like it's like, it's that tell me, yeah, that, that tell me, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the part the piece is of the piece part is annoying, but it's the tell me part that really annoys me for some reason. Yeah. I just, I mean, even my notes, I was like, why do I hate these vocals so much? <laughs> the first things I wrote <laughs> Cause down. they're just, they're lazy and boring and like, 
the character that they give to them is just the the laziest thing that you can do. I guess. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> so when the distorted guitars come in, they're all like low mid focused, overly saturated and have like a phase shifting effect going on that make them sound denser and more interesting than they actually are. And just what we would recognize today as as like chugga chugga drop D power chords, typical thrash metal riffs, what I call today dad metal, you know, like get on YouTube, look up a band in your area and it probably sounds a lot like this just because that's all these guys can do. I don't know why, but it is. <laughs> um, let, 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 let's listen to a little bit of that intro because it's. I mean, it's it's everyone's going to recognize it probably because I think this was one of the yeah, Torn was one of the singles uh, from the album. So it got a lot of radio play. that real kind of thrash metal thing going on jay do you know what drop d is uh yeah i mean yes because so many people have talked about it like i don't obviously don't play guitar but like yeah (laughs) okay for people who don't play guitar and don't know what drop d is um drop d is a tuning that makes it easier to pay play power chords which is funny because power chords are always already the easiest thing that you can do in guitar (laughs) Right. It's literally just using the the bottom three strings, which are if you look at a guitar, it's like the top three, but they're called bottom because they're the bass strings. Um, and it's a simple shape. It's just one guitar, one one finger kind of bars um, on, on a fret and then, the, and then and then you bar the next two strings, two frets up. Um, and that basically is the root note, the four and then the root note again. So it's not even a full chord. That's why it's called a power chord. <laughs> um so and so there's like if you made it a minor you would never know um but anyways what drop d does is it drops the tuning of the bass of the of the the low e string to d so that to form a power chord you literally just have you, you can form a power chord with one finger that just holds the same fret for those three strings okay <laughs> so that's what drop d tuning is it also goes it, it's also lower you can go lower you go you know one note lower basically right uh, um to the to the d, to a d chord instead of an e chord on on your standard guitar um so that's drop d tuning and and it's 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 so it's it's used because it's super easy to play right like you can use one finger to form a, a power chord <laughs> and that's what's going on here um and, and and you'll notice that like everything there was low mids even listen to when we 
pull up the next uh, thing, which we'll do here in a second. Like, listen to this snare drum. Even the highs are taken out of the fucking snare drum. It's just like a th. It's not the t kind of, it's just th. <laughs> okay. Anyways, the chorus, the, the, the chorus, the vocals kind of get a little bit of grit to them. Um, and I think for what they are, they're very, they're very well performed. They hold kind of the weight of the words being sung. And there's also some background vocals in the chorus that are just long, drawn out, a like, uh, like that. Okay. <laughs> and it'll happen over and over again on this album, but I swear to God that there is another, like Mark also sings, um, Scott's the lead singer, but Mark, the guitarist also sings. Um, but there's a lot of times when I swear that the backing vocals are just Scott again because they just sound like they sound either they're Scott or they're Mark trying to sound exactly like Scott. Yeah, I noticed that too in a few places. In fact, there's one song we'll point out later where I was like, God, this sounds more Scottish than like the <laughs> his vocals in the, you know, up front. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Let, let, let's, let's, uh, let's listen to that chorus here and, and especially for the annoying kind of just, there's so many drawn out vocals on this scene. But... That's kind of that is very thrash metal. Okay, the one part on the chorus I like, and, and honestly, one of the parts of the album I like is where he's playing the bell part of the cymbal, you know, oh, yeah. uh, throughout the chorus. I actually <laughs> thought that sounded nice there, and I thought that added to it. It does. Like, the drummer's actually pretty good, I think. Yeah. This song is overly long, it's almost six and a half minutes it's long. It's way too long to start the album. Good God. Yeah, there's a boring bridge with kind of like a phase shifted, slightly distorted of vocals thing, some atmospheric bullshit, a slightly stripped down verse where they get really super sincere, you know, and then goes into more quiet atmospheric bullshit. I don't know. I just, I, I'm actually I'm actually impressed by the drum on this because it usually music like this is the drums are overdone with too many fills and too many, like just riding the cymbal or something like that. But you're right. Like when he does use the cymbal, it's very kind of kind of sparse and just like the bell. Right. So it doesn't ring for a long time, <laughs> which by the way, just adds to the fact that there's no highs. Like the bell is like the basiest thing that you're going to get out of that. cymbal. you know, it's like everything in this whole thing is just designed to not have highs. Yeah. It's very weird. So yeah, this this is actually the second single uh, for the album that was really it was released in the spring of 1998. Uh, music and lyrics written by Mark Tremonti um, about kind of how hard it is to be a young and struggling white person, I guess. <laughs> you know, I think this song is good for what it is. It's almost textbook as far as like layout goes. It does elicit emotion. I think a lot of that comes from. You know, Mark's playing is good, but I think a lot of it comes from Scott's vocals. Scott does 
as as annoying as Scott is as a vocalist, he he he's able to deliver a kind of sincerity, I guess, in his vocals. I mean, I saw God on one of those old Wayback Machine pages who, that you found from the band, and there's like a million fan pages. So I don't um, <laughs> apologies. I don't remember where I read this, but I think in one of the interviews, or maybe it was just somebody talking about Creed, but they basically said like. You know, at this point in time, the late 90s, there weren't really any more serious heavy bands. And so we needed a band to be really serious and bring back the heavy music. And I just thought, I mean, I don't know if that's true or with like musical culture at the time, but Creed definitely takes itself very seriously. And I yes. think in some ways that's part of the problem is it just, it's a little, it's a little much, man. And I don't know why this just screams like, masculinity to me not that this is necessarily <laughs> yeah. that but you know what i mean it's like we will talk a lot about that wanting to see the lyrics uber masculine uber mm -hmm. serious and it i don't know it's just weird yeah no yeah i think you know i was gonna say that it the album takes itself more seriously than it has any right to as far as <laughs> like the the in the yeah. the depth of the songwriting you know but then again, I guess if if it's also uber masculine, like is it is it gay to spend time writing your song well? Maybe I don't know, right? Like to to use a '90s. I'm sorry for the maybe I should have put a trigger warning. Yeah, I was that, like, but. where? Whoa, Clifton. <laughs> to 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 use a '90s slur, um, the way that we used it in the in the '90s, I guess you know, like like I don't know. It's maybe to be well done is uh is not manly i don't know i don't it's just weird because like at some point we're going to do minerals of power of failing and that album takes itself very seriously too mm -hmm. lyrically but i love it and we'll still defend it <laughs> where this i'm just like i don't know this just it just that comes across very differently to me yeah I kind of wonder if it's almost like a fake it till you make it type thing where it's just like, I don't care what these lyrics are about. I'm going to sing them as if they mean the most to me. I think that may be part of it is like the delivery of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because he could be singing about cheeseburgers or something and still singing it the same way. And it's like suddenly going to make that really important. I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. It's a lot of it's the delivery. That works. Cheese <laughs> on my burger. Right, right. And it's just, I could see people just going, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> Mayo between the bun and cheese. Okay, I like it. <laughs> All right, let's get into the lyrics here. Um, they're not complicated. The first verse is, peace is what they tell me, love am I unholy, lies are what they tell me, despise you that control me. Uh, the chorus is, the peace is dead in my soul, I have blamed the reasons for my intentions poor, yes I'm the one who, the only one who, would carry on this far. Second verse, torn, I'm filthy. Born in my own misery, stole all that you gave me, control you claim to save me. Um, and then there's a little part later, this little bridge that says, peace in my head, 
love in my head, lies in my head. And that's pretty much it, just repeating over and over again after that. So, I don't know. Jay, did you, you know, one of the things we wanted to accomplish here was to see if this is a Christian album, right? So, it does have the word holy in it. Unholy, sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, it also has save me. Okay, right? Yeah. Um, so, I think we could, like, if you're looking for Christian key terms, I think we've already arrived at enough for I the mean, song to be. Yeah, for sure. Just as much as most of the other albums we do. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Now let's dig into them a little bit more. All right. Okay. All right. Peace is what they tell me. I don't know what that means. Do you know what that means? I mean... Okay, so the way I took this song without getting into specifics okay. was basically like, you know, um, I- I'm supposed to have peace, I'm supposed to feel this way, but I actually feel really bad about myself, and I feel mm-hmm. really down, um, and woe is me, kind of thing. But there's also, so I agree with that, but there's also this little little uh, thread here of you know, the first part of each each verse is peace is what they tell me, love am I unholy. But then lies are what they tell me, despise you that control me. Right? Satan. So there's <laughs> Is that Satan? I don't know. That's in another song my... he basically talks about demons, so it could he be He does. But that one's actually written by Scott. This one's written by Mark, so I'm gonna treat it a little bit differently, although we wouldn't have any reason to think that at the time. Okay. Yeah, anyways, okay. Also, this is the first song we're coming across, right? We got we to have a soft landing here, I think. <laughs> um, and then in the second verse, it's torn, I'm filthy, filthy, born in my own misery. Then the little turn, stole all that you gave me, control you claim to save me. So is this... I agree with the woe is me, things are hard thing, you know, especially because that's what he literally says the song is about. <laughs> but there's also this like, woe is me, but I'm also like oppressed. I'm being, I'm being oppressed, right? Despised you to control me. Control, you say you say, you claim you save me. So I don't think this song is Christian at all, first off. Okay. I mean, there's nothing in it to suggest that it has any kind of... Maybe, like, it's written by someone who is used to using Christian language, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's just this... We're, and we're going to come back to this. I don't have anything to say about it in this song, but it is going to come back in the album. Just this kind of, like, disaffected, mad at the world and mad at the supposed people who are over me kind of thing okay yeah which i think is we'll come back to it we'll come back to it okay we'll come back to it all right that's all i have to say about do you have anything else to say about this song it's interesting because i kind of took it as you know woe is me i have no peace anymore and then i was like you know why you don't because you believe this fucking bullshit that you were told and you, that you were bad <laughs> and you were blamed to blame for everything and that you were filthy and Very unholy. True. Um. So it's like, of course, it's your own prison because, like, 
you know, like you created yeah. it for yourself by believing all this nonsense that makes you feel bad about yourself. But I'm yeah. probably looking at it through those lens. And I, you're right. I did not realize that Mark wrote this song and not S Scott. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. All right. Let's keep moving then. Okay, let's do it. All right. The second song is Ode. So this song starts off, this is not one of singles, by the way. I think it may be the only one of two songs that we're covering that are not singles. Um, but I think this song is more enjoyed by the people who come to Creed because they love this thrash metal kind of thing, right? This song is a lot more riff heavy and dependent on that. For example, it doesn't start off with an arpeggiated clean guitar. <laughs> True. Yeah. Most as of a lot do. of the songs do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this one starts off with kind of a hardcore metal type riff. Um, first with one guitar. Sound and really it's listen to the guitar when I play it here in a second, because it sounds really fizzy, which is is really indicative of a Mesa Boogie amp um of the time. And they, they do actually think Mesa Boogie in their uh, credit in the in the in the um what do you call it? In the sleeve liner thing. And then more instruments come in and it kind of smooths out. And then there's like some nice harmonic squills, which is like the only time that'll happen on the album. <laughs> and then, of course, one of those long, drawn out vocals come in. Uh, it's also a lot faster than the first song, but it's still super slow. It's only 93 beats per minute. The first song was like 71 beats per minute. <laughs> And musically, that's the whole song. Like, the whole song is based on that, right? <laughs> and it, uh, the, the, during the verse, kind of the guitar and the bass are doing the same thing, but the bass is the only thing that really shines through because this whole album is so lacking in highs and just all bass. <laughs> and there's some weird, kind of like weird vocal effects. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of weird. But, anyways. The chorus is actually a bit more melodic um, and even has some dual vocals. Uh, it's, it's not the only time that's going to happen on this album, but I think it's worth, uh, worth listening. more of a so that that actually is mark in the foreground doing the foreground part of the uh the chorus there and scott doing the more in the background part of the of the chorus there but they sound mark's voice is a little less baritone than scott's is but they're it's like they're trying to sound both like eddie vetter yeah for sure 
like I said, musically, the song is pretty boring. It just keeps doing that over and over again. There is, I want to play this. There is a bridge in the song where there's kind of like some sinister talking under the music. Did you hear that? Yeah. So I don't know what, I, I, I couldn't figure out what they were saying, but I did a search for it and I found a little a post on a message board <laughs> where someone does interpret it. And by the way, I also broke this down into different tracks and the, the, the uh, thing I used Moises couldn't isolate that for some reason. It was just mixed in between all the different tracks. Well, it really is mixed in between the vocal track and the guitar track and I couldn't pull it out separately, but it sounds like, so there's two people talking. It sounds like it says, I have a couple questions for you. Yeah, go ahead. Where are we going? 26.7 degrees. Is that about right? Hmm. That's it. Is this some kind of a, uh, like, Peter Pan reference? Don't they talk about that on the starlight and a certain degree? I don't know. Or some kind of sailing <laughs> reference or something? Yeah. I, I did a search for 26.7 degrees and all I could find were other references to people talking about what was said here. Oh. No, huh. like, it I doesn't come, like, I can't find that it comes from a movie or anything. I don't know. Hmm. Oh, the other, the other, uh, the other fun thing here is, uh, let me, let me skip ahead a few seconds and we can listen to Scott be like, yeah. That almost sounds more like hair metal borderline, <laughs> like, you know, yes. 80s hair metal. Yeah. Yeah. That's the interesting parts of this song. Thankfully it is a 23% shorter than torn the opening track and clocking in under five minutes this time instead of six and a half minutes yeah all right um i one so this is another song that isn't super christian as far as the lyrics go i just want to mention a few things about it um and this is one i we didn't tell jay we were gonna do until the last minute so he's not super prepared for this song yeah but don't worry <laughs> i can still talk about it <laughs> All right. Here's the lyrics. Hang me, watch a while. Let me see you smile as I die. Take me as my body burns. Let me see you yearn while I cry. One step on your own and you walk all over me. One head in the clouds. You won't let go. You're too proud. One light to the blind and they see and Scott's singing and you walk all over me. One touch on the head, we believe, and then it just repeats, your head, and you believe. Second verse, adore me as I drift away, let me hear you say I'm fine. You cry as my body dies, all that you despise is gone away. One step on your own, and you walk all over me, just repeating here, yeah, we believe. Jay. Is this song about the crucifixion of Jesus? Hmm. I hadn't thought of it that way. I did not take it directly that way. I took it more as woe is me stuff. And then at the end, uh, yeah. Jesus helps me like the one light to the blind and they see one touch on the head. We believe. So definitely. I, 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 that's, that was my initial interpretation again, was like just some more woe is me kind of bullshit, right? Yeah. Like, Oh, my life is so hard. 
everyone just wants to watch me fail kind of thing. Like, even the people I love will smile as I die. But it's very weird because, you know, we, we have this hang me, watch a while, let me see you smile as I die. So this could be a reference to, like, the enemies of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Take me as my body burns. Obviously, Jesus' body didn't burn, but you can say he went to hell, right? Okay. One step on your own, and you walk all over me. Like, I gave you freedom, I gave you free will, and you just sinned. You motherfucker, you just sinned, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, one head in the clouds, you won't let go, you're too proud. You won't let go of that sin, right? Like, you're just, you don't care, you don't care about reality. You just care about your own sin. But... One light to the blind, and they see. One touch on the head, and you believe. Right? Right? Yeah. Adore me as I drift away. Let me hear you say I'm fine. You cry as my body dies. Not I die, but my body dies. Right? Right. All that you despise is gone as my body dies. Right? So as Jesus is crucified and sacrificed, all that sin that you despise is gone. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, man. It sounds like you could be the Christian kid back in the day trying to justify this <laughs> album and pushing a little too much, but you know, whatever. <laughs> hey, we're trying to figure out this is a Christian album. Come okay. on. Got it. All right. <laughs> no, I, I do think it's just some more woe is me kind of bullshit, but if you wanted to read into this, you could. Yeah. You know, we believe, like the we believe gets repeated over and over again in this song. So, I don't know. Just one more of those kind of, if I can read into it, I'm going to read into it kind of things. Absolutely. It's what we do. Yep. All right. <laughs> Number three, my own prison. All right. This is the big one, guys. This is the first single off the album, and it's the song that probably got them famous, right? Yep. Did you hear this one, Jay? Oh, yeah. Probably... Uh, this one, yeah, I think was the most familiar, and it definitely, looking at Spotify listens, definitely the most popular off this. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so the song kind of has a very minimal instrumental opening, um, what feels kind of like an electric guitar, trying to sound like an acoustic guitar almost, mm -hmm. uh, playing like a... a a weird riff. Um, and then right into two serious twang of, 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 of uh, affectation, baritone vocals, and that kind of creedy dominant bass guitar. And there's even a hi-hat on this one. And like, once again, they took the highs out of the hi-hat. It's pretty funny. We'll listen to it. <laughs> No, let's just do it. Okay, seriously, listen to the hi-hat. It has no highs. Quarters in session Averted is in No appeal on the docket today Just my own sin The walls cold and pale The cage made of steel You know what the best part of this song is so far? What? Nothing drawn out. No pee. 
pace is what they tell me. It's true. It gets moving faster. This is true. Yeah. 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 A, a catchier song so far, but it is super serious. I mean, like just immediately it's just weighty. Not in a great way either. It's just weighty. <laughs> On the chorus, the lead vocals are kind of sung by someone else. Um, I think it's Mark. Um, but I, I think what I find interesting about these vocals is kind of how, like, they're almost, like, purposefully lazy. My skin begins to burn. So I my You got Scott in the back doing oh thing, and Mark's doing. Let me let me find the vocals here so I can do it right. So I held my head up high, hiding hate that burns inside. Like is that really like kind of like he's almost not moving his mouth? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just find it weird. I don't know. Anyways, probably part of what makes this song successful though is just how straightforward it is kind of like there's a sincerity about it that that comes off comes out of it i don't know Mm -hmm. it's a whole nother verse again before we even get distorted guitars and once again they are super fizzy Why does everything have this like weird southern twang to it? Is it just me or you? Uh, no, it's that style, right? I mean, Eddie Vedder has that kind of thing going too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> There's a bridge with a surprisingly like unmetal guitar before some once again more super fizzy guitars come back in, which are fairly metal. But let me play that part because I think part of the success of this song is well here let me play this first Like, if you know what you're looking for for metal, it's all there, right? But it's almost presented in this, like, package that is unmetal, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem very metal, even though it's all metal tools, right? But, it's, but it comes together in this non-metal way. I'm going to come back to that because, well, I'll just say it. Because I think you could almost consider this like a crossover hit, right? It's like this sludge kind of like, like 
uh, um, metal thing, but it's it's pretending to be a ballad, and the ballad comes through more than the metal does. Okay, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, like I said, I think you could almost think of this as kind of like a crossover hit where we have a metal and that happens with, with Metallica too, right? right? Like the Metallica songs that get played on the radio aren't like the Metallica songs that sound like Metallica. They're usually the ballads yeah. or something like that, that, that don't sound as metal, you know? Right. Over one of the choruses at the end, uh, Scott gets this rather emphatically like, I created, I created. goes back into that 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 uh bridge should have been dead on a sunday morning i think you know i think this is a well-written song it's very very by the book as far as a ballad that goes so right it uses creed's strengths coming from the metal world inject it into something different that can sound more like radio rock and that along with i think the fairly nuanced except for there at the end (laughs) and kind of like intimate sincerity like like scott has these vocals that sound sincere without sounding they sound kind of like every man sincere right like mm. you know kind of like like you would have a beer with this guy right like they don't sound like he he, he has a way of coming across as like talented but also like like he's talking to you so they have this like kind of intimate sincerity to them. Um, and that, I think that delivery is probably a, a, a big part of the success for this song. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. You have any other thoughts musically? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you want to read the vocals, the, the, the lyrics on this? Oh God, not the whole thing. You really? So. <laughs> it's so long. <laughs> yeah. Really, it's just the the verse, chorus, verse, bridge. I mean, I could start. Um, Other bridge. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Just I mean, go and start. A lot of it is like what he's got going with this courtroom stuff, right? He says, court is yeah, in session. Yeah. A verdict is in. No appeal on the docket today. Just my own sin. The walls are cold and pale. The cage made of steel. Screams fill the room. Alone, I drop and kneel. Um. And then verse two is silence. Now the sound, my breath, the only motion around demons cluttering around <laughs> my face, showing no emotion shackled by my sentence, expecting no return here. There is no penance. My skin begins to burn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the chorus was like, so I held my head up high, hiding hate that burns inside, which only fuels our selfish pride. Um, all held captive out from the sun, a sun that shines on only some. We the meek are all in one. And I, I feel like, I'm, I mean, I'm going to go on in a minute, but I feel like a few other songs on this album kind of have this thing. It's like, bad, 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 bad. Oh, here's Jesus saving me. Yeah. It's it's much better. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, like the verse three is it's like, I hear a thunder in the distance, see a vision of a cross. I feel the pain that was given on that sad day of loss. A lion roars in the distance. Only he holds the key. 
a light to free me from my burden and grant me life eternally. Right. This sounds extremely Christian. Yeah. Let's stop there for now because yeah, this is just, this could be on a plank. I album, right? Like, yeah. I mean anything, right? Yeah. Yeah. The first verse is very clearly just setting up like judgment day kind of thing. Right. As, as a courtroom, um, there's no appeals, you know, there are some things that, 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 so I think the screams fill the room alone, alone, I drop and kneel. It's kind of mixed in with this, I guess maybe other people are being sentenced at the same time, you know? And so like, he knows as he approaches the court, like it's his, it's his turn. Like he drops and kneels. Is that repentance? Probably. (laughs) It's not completely clear. Sometimes I think he's just trying to rhyme stuff, but yeah. True. Very true. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Silence. Now the sound, my breath, the only motion around. Demons cluttering around, my face showing no emotion. Shackled by my sentence, expecting no return. Here there is no penance. My skin begins to burn. <laughs> He's in hell now, I guess, right? Right. And then let's skip on to verse two. I hear the thunder in the distance of the vision of the cross. This is obviously just, oh, but then I, I realize that there's Jesus, right? Even uh-huh. though my skin begins to burn, there's Jesus. Yeah. A lion roars in the darkness. Very, very uh, C.S. Lewis there. Thank you. And only he holds the key, a light to free me from my burden and grant me life eternally. This is just straight up Christian. Right. Um, going into the, into the kind of bridge thing here, we have, should have been dead on a Sunday morning, banging my head. No time for morning, ain't got no time. So should have been dead on a Sunday morning, I guess, is like Jesus should have been in his tomb still on a Sunday morning, but he wasn't. Yeah, what does banging um, my head mean? I was actually, that part, I was I like, don't I don't know what he means. Rocking? I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's very, I, like I said, the, like, as you said, there, there's just so much. There's a lot of filler in these lyrics, I think, a lot mm-hmm. of times. And then um, later on, there's another bridge that says, I cry out to God, seeking only his decision. Gabriel stand, stands and confirms, I've created my own prison. So, you know, I think the prison here is obviously, you know, um, sin. Yeah. Jay, you think so? Oh, yeah. yeah. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, we got this, uh, it's, it's just super, super Christian. I think there's some parts of it that are, that either feel like filler or are a little bit, I think if you release this in a Christian store, there would be people there. A lot of people would be very happy to have it there, but there would be some people who'd be like, I don't know. Some of this is weird. Like, what does it mean? You know, that, that, yeah. What is banging my head? What is no time for mourning? You know, like mm-hmm. there's, there's just some weird things in here that, either point to either a weird theology that I don't understand. I don't know where it's coming from or it's just filler. Yeah. Okay. We skipped the course because I feel like the course is unattached from the rest of this. Uh, so I held my head up high hiding hate that burns inside, which only fuels their selfish pride. So it's almost like I'm redeemed, but who's hiding hate? I don't know. 
Yeah. So I held my head up high, hiding hate that burns inside, which only fuels their selfish pride. It doesn't make sense for him to be... I feel like the hell I held my head up high is like, I'm redeemed, so... Like, I don't... Like, I can stand tall, because I'm not going down to hell, you know? Hiding hate that burns inside, which only fuels their selfish pride. This is the kind of, like, same kind of, like... I'm being persecuted bullshit that came in like the first song or first two songs. I think, you know, kind of there's always this. And this is going to remain true throughout the album. There's always this like unnamed persecuting party. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's all, he's, they're always attributing these, they're always attributing these motives to them. Hiding hate that burns inside, which only fuels their selfish pride. Okay, I don't know what that means, but let's just say that it's other people. I don't know. Anyways. All held captive out from the sun, a sun that shines on only some. We the meek are all in one, which kind of sounds like a uh, Dr. Bronner's uh, shampoo bottle. But, uh... <laughs> um, but I assume the uh, we the meek are all in one. I assume that's, you know the meek shall inherit the earth and all in one is Jesus. Right. Right. A sun that shines on only some, is that like some Calvinism going on here? Hmm. Yeah. I don't know, man. Or maybe just those that are like, I mean, I guess you'd view it as Calvin, but just those that are saved, not the unsaved. Yeah. And it, I don't know. It seems weirdly prideful to me to be like, I'm saved, uh, you know, by a sun that shines on only some, and we the meek, you know, us saved people who the sun shines on, mm-hmm. we're all in one. <laughs> I don't know. So, this seems explicitly Christian, but it has these weird kind of, I don't know, what you, is this like a theology? Is this kind of a theological understanding? I don't know, but it's it's just this weird kind of, I wouldn't recognize this as a evangelical Christian as being some kind of like theology that I understood, I guess. All right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. But the great thing is about songs is you can just re- ignore the parts that you don't like. Exactly. Or pretend like they're disconnected in some way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else to say about this song? I mean, <sighs> To me, it's incredible that this song was so popular in the general market. Um, <laughs> and I don't know, it makes me think of it a couple different ways. One, it, it makes me laugh at how much Christians think like, oh, we're persecuted by the general culture and we're the victims here and they're out to mm-hmm. get us. When like, look at this song. Like, it was widely embraced. It also makes you think mm-hmm. of how deeply these ideas have just saturated yes. everything. It's It's one of those things where like, no, America's not a Christian nation officially, <laughs> yet at the same time, right. like, it's by far the dominant belief system. Um, right. And so, yeah, I don't know. I was just kind of struck by that on this whole album, like, how well this was received overall, and yet it's pretty Christian. Yes. Yeah, very. All right, we're going to skip a song here, um, a, pity for, a Pity for a Dime, although it does have, I think, 
there's one line in it or one part of a verse in here in it that kind of caught my attention. Um, um, plain talk can can be the let me start over. Plain talk can be the easy way. Signs of losing my faith, losing my faith. So you know, losing my faith is a repeated refrain throughout the song. But we're gonna skip over to track five in America. Yeah, and I mean, I was already like, huh, I wonder what this is about, <laughs> just based <laughs> on the title. Yeah. This song feels very Pearl Jam being super serious. Uh, the entire first half of the song is just kind of like this stylized strumming rhythms over some like fill-filled drumming. I, I gave the drummer credit earlier for not doing too many fills. The first half of this song is just all fills from the drummer because nothing else is going on. It's just super boring. Um, and once again, just like, just like, uh, my own prison, it's two minutes in, uh, basically four verses, <laughs> four verses delivered in succession before we get any distorted guitars for the chorus, uh, which has this kind of like stupid delay effect on the vocals and y you'll hear in a second. And then after that, honestly, the song just kind of repeats and jams and it has, I don't know, it's, it's. It's five minutes long once again, but it's just mostly repeated. I think, and I don't, wouldn't, wouldn't fault anyone for thinking that this is just kind of a vehicle for the lyrical rant that goes on in this song. Hmm. I get that. Yeah. And even that's over within like two minutes. And so there's still three wasted minutes of this goddamn song. Mm-hmm. The second that chorus is over, it goes right back into that same kind of weird strumming and drum fills and stuff. Yeah. For five minutes for some reason. I know. All right. Um, I think we should get this song what it's asking for and just talk about the lyrics because all it wants to be is a lyrical rant anyways, right? Yeah. It, it, I had one question about these, but we'll get to it in a second. Um, but, I mean, you can probably guess based on the title where this is going. Um, I can read some of it if you want, Clifton. It Do says, it. only in America, we're slaves to be free. Only in America, we kill the unborn to make ends meet. Only in America, sexuality is democracy. Only in America, we stamp our dollar in God we trust. <sighs> yeah. Um, and then the chorus is, what is right or wrong? I don't know who to believe in. My soul sings a different song in America. What is right or wrong? I don't know who to, uh, it's the same repeating thing. Um, 
And then one other time, this is where I had some questions. He says, church bells ringing, pass the plate around. The choir is singing as their leader falls to the ground. Please, Mr. Prophet Man, tell me which way to go. I gave, my la- I gave my last dollar. Can I still come to your show? Mm-hmm. And so, it, it, you know, the first verse, this is like a critique of America, uh, especially abortion, especially sexuality, um, which made me think, man, this guy would hate a lot of European countries. But <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I'm just, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Only in America were slaves to be free. I don't know what that means. Is it talking about like we work all day just so we can pretend to be free? I don't know. Yeah. Only in America we kill the unborn to make ends meet. I guess that's a little little momentary rant about abortion. I don't know what to say about that. It's I know stupid. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah. We choose not to have a child born into poverty. Is that what he's griping about? Like. Right, I know. <laughs> All right. I mean, it could be dumpster Only... babies. It could be dumpster babies. It could be worse. <laughs> Sorry. Only in America, sexuality is democracy. And this is really stupid because, like, what is that? He... It doesn't I think sense. what he's saying is that, like, the people can choose to redefine what marriage is, you know? But he says sexuality is democracy, which is kind of funny. It just doesn't really work, yeah. right, as a metaphor. But it, I, yeah. And it and it betrays a fundamental misunderstanding of what, like, okay. And that's true of the abortion line, too, right? Like, these are just, these are framing what you don't like as a fundamental understanding of what they are. Because either A, you don't care, or B, you're being dishonest about what they are. Yeah. Right? Then the last line, only in America, we stamp our dollar in God we trust. Jay, do you remember back when, man, back when Christians like were mad that the government was stepping on their ground and not happy to have the government enforce their, uh, their, uh, what do you call it? Their doctrine? What, you mean like now? Yeah, like you, now they're happy to have the government enforce their doctrine, but used to they used Christians used to be upset about having in God we trust on the dollar because they thought that that devaluized what in God we trust means, right? To just stamp it on every dollar. Mm, I see what you mean, right, right, right. But now we come into a different generation that's like, no, it's there, and therefore it's that's my God. I can only assume it's my God, and I, you know, everything is my God. You know, yeah. anyways, yeah. Into the chorus, what is right or wrong? I don't know who to believe in. Which, and once again, we're going to come into this uh, another another later song. This is so very white Christian evangelical male in America, right? Like, okay, sure. I could educate myself about the topics, understand how they affect other people, and make a decision about that. But I refuse to. I demand that morality be something that I receive from on high, not something that I find through self-discovery and education and learning how people live. No. Someone's going to tell me. I, this is pivoting a little bit from what you, you're saying, but I'm, I'm also struck on this whole album. You know, there, There's a lot of this like, 
I don't know what to believe, or I'm miserable, yeah. or I just can't figure it out. All this, I refuse searching. to try. Yeah, but it also strikes me as like, and I say this as a white guy too, but like a very privileged, like white yeah. male position, right? We're not talking about like, you know, trying to make enough money to get by, or no, you know, like actual life things that make life hard. We're just talking <laughs> about like, I feel bad about things and i'm not sure how to believe this and yeah yeah there's parts of the world i don't understand and let me tell you right now i refuse to try to understand them yeah and therefore i'm gonna let them make me feel weird exactly and then i'm gonna let hate and fear boil inside of me and corrode me from the inside until i'm a monster of what i okay yep (laughs) that's this song right that's his whole album all right, second verse, church bells ringing, pass the plate around, the choir's singing it. So as, as, as you were kind of weirded out by this, right? It's like, what's going on right here, right? The, yeah, the, exactly. The leader falls to the ground. Please, Mr. Prophet Man, tell me which way to go. I gave my last dollar. Can I come? still come to your show? This is kind of funny because I think maybe in a way he is making fun of the spectacle that religion has turned into in some ways, you know, especially think about the nineties, you got like Jim Baker and all of that kind of TV kind of Christianity going on, you know, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. But I think the third line here, please, Mr. Prophet man, tell me which way to go. He's still being like, Hey, stop falling on the ground and tell me which one to believe in. Cause once again, I refuse to do the hard work of educating myself about the subject. I need morality to be passed down from high, from on mm. high, right? His complaint isn't, hey, you're being weird and, 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 and just trying to get some money. His complaint isn't, is, is I'm too lazy to do the work myself. <laughs> right. You must serve me and tell me what to believe here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Only in America. Yeah, well, fair. Only in America are we bags of shit who refuse to take responsibility for our own actions and the people we would turn into when we late when we let the unknown turn us into creations of our own fear. I guess in still, America. Sorry, I'm still kind of struck by this too, and I definitely had the, the this mindset as well a lot. Right at this age, it's just mm-hmm. like instead of like spending time thinking about like societal problems or things yeah. that are fixable, right. And how to make things better for, for you and everyone else. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of time just being miserable about yeah. belief. I don't know. It just, it seems so strange to me now, but I, yeah. I get it back then. I was definitely, you know, right there. Yeah. Although I will say, I guess to be a little bit fair, looking at myself back then, like I didn't know that educating yourself on a topic was an option. Like, right. Like I didn't know that like (laughs) there was more to learn. Right. Like, because when you're brought up in this world of you don't ask questions, you just are given answers from on high before you even ask the question, you know, Mm -hmm. you never think to ask the question. And so you, that, that critical thinking of, Hey, what does this really mean? Like, what is really going on here? That's, that's a skill learned over time. Yeah. Something that we've learned, right? And when you just come from this kind of, this kind of 
I don't know what the right word here is, belief system kind of, what's the, not society, but what am I trying to say here? Anyways, whatever. But when you come from this kind of mindset, it is just the idea that that you can question what's going on is maybe something we take for granted and, and some, you know, and that a lot of people don't have. Now, once again, being able to take, being able to not ask those questions is a privilege. Never having to say, how does abortion affect me is a privilege, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, being able to say sexuality is democracy is a privilege because you haven't lived that. You haven't known someone who's lived that, right? That's a privilege that you are not seen through because you're like, you know, I, I'm just, anyways, yeah. No, no, I, yeah, I, exactly. And I, I think coming back to the part about never questioning it, you're right because I think you're just, you're presented with such a, sealed is not the right word, but just such a like, well-defined belief system that there's no room mm -hmm. to question anything right, right like, yeah abortion yeah. is wrong sexuality is pretty much wrong like you know right. all these things it's like clear cut america is right these other countries are bad poverty oh that's because people did it to themselves blah 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 mm -hmm. like there's no there's no need to like actually question things around you because right you're told what to believe so there we go yeah. and so what do we spend our time worrying about this stuff about whether God loves us enough or how feeling bad about that and all that stuff. Yeah. Or we, we, we let fear and hate grow inside of us because there's things that we don't understand. You know? Yes. And you know, to, and this is something that I sometimes have a hard time explaining to people who didn't grow up in the kind of insular bubbles that we did right like if you grew up in in a, in a bigger city where you were exposed to people of different backgrounds you automatically think to yourself oh well this is different than this right but like when i was growing up in wichita falls being crazy and 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 exposing myself to different kinds of people was literally going to the assemblies of God church instead of the Baptist church, you know, like, yeah. like I did that as I did that in high school because I wanted to see how other people were right. Like, right, right. like yeah. that was, that That's was the big difference point. to me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. So. <laughs> yeah. Like I went to the Methodist one. Yeah. With a friend one time. Whoa. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. And so like when, when your world is that insular and you have this kind of, theology and worldview that's built up around you that you don't question because you're taught that it can't be questioned. Like it's from on high, like everything that is, is natural. And it's that way I'm, because that's just how things are, you know, mm -hmm. in, in, in a way, I guess being exposed to a more diverse background of people is a privilege because you, you, you are given a space to, to see that there's a difference, right. And not just have this very closed loop. There's an answer for everything in this closed loop, right? Like, it wasn't until I was exposed to a lot of different kinds of people that I started to realize, oh, this closed loop has holes in it, right? Yeah. And it was it was grading up against those those holes that 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 made me uncomfortable. But when I was a kid and I didn't impact those holes, everything was closed and it all made sense in its own way, right? Like it has a it has a somewhat consistent 
in-world logic. If I can use like a fiction type metaphor here, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. But yeah, once again, to sum it up, this song is basically just, I refuse to be empathetic towards other people and I refuse to educate myself about how other people are. And therefore I'm going to judge them by letting my fear of them grow inside of me until it creates something ugly and desperate and gross. Yep. In America. All right. Next, um, next song. Yeah. We're going to skip all the way to track nine. What's this life for? This was the third single from the album released in June of 1998. The song starts off with like a lot like torn in that it has, you know, this clean arpeggiated guitar thing with vocals but thankfully, it's really quick before we get, like, rocking and, you know, before it gets that, you know. There is the, the, I'm trying, I've been trying to think of how to describe this chorus, because the chorus is catchy, but not musically. It's only catchy because it, the 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 chorus is just what's this life for over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I guess lyrically it's catchy, but it's not like a hook. You know, it's not pop. It's not like anything that's gonna like. It's just lyrically catchy. I don't know how else to describe that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, the chorus is just what's this life for repeated over and over again, and then but then there's a. There's, it's just, I don't know, it's just really lazy songwriting. And then in, 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 in their bridge after the second chorus, we get this kind of like almost hootie and the blowfish-esque kind of fake impromptu here. It's like working going in the background. It's real sincere, right? Now, Jay, this is big. You ready for this? Don't have to settle no goddamn score. Goddamn score. Whoa! Holy crap! <laughs> yeah, um, well, that definitely stood out to me, and I was like, "Up, oh, this is the moment where all the Christian kids were like, oh, darn it, we can't.'" But maybe it is. Go- maybe it is a goddamn score, though. Like, 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 what if the score is actually goddamned? I mean, fair. And I did actually, as much as I hate this album, I did actually think like <laughs> that is not. I mean, that kind of fits there. I, it I, does. You know. Yeah. You know, I, Clifton. A question I had, and this is slightly off track, but. And I'm guessing now you, you're telling me it's Mark, but I was shocked that someone else sounded more strained than Scott <laughs> did on the yeah. chorus. Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think, so this, look, this is one of the singles of the song, right? And it is just, it's so lazy, the writing, like, it's it it sounds catchy at first, 
But upon repeated listens, it's just like hollow and boring. And I think that's what Earn Creed its bad name from the beginning, along with some other things we'll just talk about later. But I think that's what Earn Creed its bad name from the beginning because it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's just so quickly fades into the background of, you know, there's songs that you can listen to 30 years later and they still hold a lot of meaning to you. But this one is just like, there's no meaning behind any of this. It's just catchy in all of the most trite ways possible, I guess. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, um, do you want to talk about the lyrics here? I guess. <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, part you... that you played, you could hear kind of where this is going. Yeah. Um, where was the part you played? We all live under the reign of one king, right? Like, yeah, one king. Don't have to settle a score anymore because we all live under the reign of one king. I mean, yeah. there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that is where we're going. So the first verse is, Hooray for a child that makes it through, if there's any way, because the answer lies in you. They're laid to rest before they've known just what to do. Their souls are lost because they can never find what's this life for. That is bleak. Right? Yeah. I mean... They're laid to rest. Their souls are lost. So, like, if a kid dies before they figure out Jesus, they're just, their souls are lost. Yeah. Um, it it kind of made me think about that whole age of accountability thing, which is yeah. not like a real thing, but... um. You know, people like to say yeah, it, it is. It's just something they made up because this subject makes people uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. It's not in the Bible anywhere. It's just, but like, seriously, this is bleak. This is just like, you know, hooray for the kids that didn't get lost because they died before they figured out what this life is for. Mm-hmm. Verse two. Verse two. I see your soul. It's kind of gray. You see my heart. You look away. You see my wrist, I know your pain. I know your purpose on your plane. Don't say a last prayer because you never f- because you never find what this life is for. This one's almost a little more empathetic. This is this may be the first time there's any empathy on this entire album actually. Yeah. You see my wrist, I know your pain. Yeah. Anyways, um, I guess this is just saying like, yeah, we're all kind of fucked. We got to figure out what this life is for, which we'll get to in here in a second. Well, right? I read somewhere that supposedly the song is about suicide. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but they ain't here anymore. Don't have to settle the score because we all live under the reign of one king. That's just the rest of the song, by the way, over and over again. Um, and the one king, I guess, is Jesus. And what this life is for, I guess, is living under the one reign, under the reign of one king. And we don't have to settle the score because 
I guess the sins were forgiven? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a sad song, you know. Um, I think it's... I think the song is devalued by the lazy songwriting, the music writing for this song. Um, yeah. Anything else to say about this one? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now we're going to get to my favorite song on the album. This is, uh, this is track 10. This is it's really your favorite one, one? To talk about. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I was just so proud of myself for making it this far. Um, <laughs> uh, this one, um, I'm just going gonna, gonna to jump in ahead of you, Clifton. I'm going to say this yeah. one surprised me with the sound of it. It yes. sounded like a lot more like kind of like 90s alternative to me at yeah. the beginning. And even I was even reminded a little bit of like with his singing of almost like Counting Crows or something like mm -hmm. that. Like it, yeah. it has that vibe. It was definitely like a different style for them. I don't know. It just somehow reminded <laughs> yeah. of something like that. Like, so, so first off, this song is a is the final single released for this album, released in December of 1998. It's written by both uh, Mark and Scott, and I think it's musically, in 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 a lot of parts, I think it's one of the more interesting songs. I think they give up on it pretty early in the song, and it probably should have only been three minutes long, not five minutes long. Once again, yeah, you know, true for most of them on here, right? Yeah, but I think I think it when it's as it starts out, it's probably one of the most m more interesting songs that are on this album because it's not just thrash metal guitar riffs over and over again, you know. Right. So the 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 verse kind of has those clean guitars with this like a slightly harder edge to the chorus. I want to play the second chorus because <laughs> even you're going to hear in this chorus that like even the band gives up on the song at one point. And they admit how hard, how how boring it is. It's it's, it's going to be about uh, twenty seconds into when I start playing here. Listen for just like they start adding all these unnecessary like double bass drums and weird pick drags and something else. Like the song just gets so boring even for them.
Can I hear this? There's some more talking behind that again right there at the end. I couldn't find what it was this time. No, no one. Well, first off, this was just impossible to search for because when I tried to search for Creed 1 <laughs> weird talking, it just brought up The Office. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're, they're, uh, like, the song isn't bad. Like, it almost kind of like gets poppy here a little bit. Like, let me play a little bit more. for creed that's pretty fucking poppy right like right <laughs> they're not known for their for their pop for their pop sensibilities um and then the last 20 seconds of the song it kind of does that like fall party thing where like instruments drop out and stuff like that you know whatever but i think it's all overshadowed by once again this just being about another another lyrical rant so let's dive into that rant if, if you want to jay do it you want to read the first uh, two verses here? Sure. Uh, affirmative may be justified. Take from one, give to another. The goal is to be unified. Take my hand, be my brother. The payment silenced the masses. Sanctified by oppression, unity took a backseat, sliding further into regression. <sighs> does that it's, make you, does that piss you off as much as it pisses me off? Well, but first, is this written by Scott? Because this is much yes. more like what's his name's writing. It's written by both Scott and Mark, like together. The whole song is written by them together. Okay, okay. It's not given like it's not like music by Mark and vocals by Scott usually. Right. It just it just says they're both written together. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what he's talking about. To be honest with you, you don't. It's not utterly obvious to you that he's talking about affirmative action. Uh, <laughs> remember that was a big topic here in the mid 90s oh, they tried shit, this was, that, that was the first big push that, the, that they made to get rid of affirmative action the conservatives yeah okay Which wow they now succeed. all right okay okay yeah now it pisses me off all right good because this fucking pisses me the fuck off affirmative may be justified take from one give to another first off that's not how affirmative action works. You don't take from one and give it to another. A lot of conservatives like to frame affirmative action as being like, well, we got to get black people in some places, so I guess we'll kick out some, more, some white people who deserve it more and put some black people there instead. That is not what affirmative action does. That's never what it has done. What it does is says, hey, maybe we should look beyond just the typical slate of white candidates and notice, notice, be with me here. Look me in the eyes, guys. Notice that there's also people of other color skins who have the same fucking qualifications that can make it just as fucking well. And Okay. <laughs> it's just opening the fucking door to them so that we can give them a fucking chance, okay? It's not take from one and give it to another. That's only take from one and give it to another if you say the default is that white people deserve this more. Right. The goal is to be unified. Take my hand, be my brother. Because this is that bullshit, like, can't we all just get along, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to oppress you. Why do you want to oppress me? If we all just get along, and I'm going to be very specific here, 
when I say get along, I mean we're not changing a fucking thing, and you're gonna right. remain under my fucking foot. Yeah, just live like. But I But let's want get you unified to. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. The payment silenced the masses, sanctified by fucking oppression. Unity took a backseat, you know, because giving other people a chance is a fucking backseat, right? Sliding further into regression, giving people who were ignored specifically for the color of their skin a chance to even be looked at is not regression. You fucking piece of fucking shit who can't see beyond their own fucking hand over their own eyes because they don't want to see. <laughs> right. You want me to read the second verse? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> society blind by color why hold down one to raise another discrimination now on both sides seeds of hate blossom further the world is headed for mutiny when we all want when all we want is unity we may rise and fall but in the end we'll meet our fate again yeah yeah it's that bullshit i i just want to be blind to color you know well, being blind to color is that bullshit. Like, I just want things to stay the stay the way they are. Exactly. Like, I'm, yeah. You know, it it's like it or not. People of different colors have been fucking held down in our fucking society. So when you do this, I don't see color bullshit. What you're really saying is, I don't want to deal with the problem. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And once again, why hold down one to raise another? Not what affirmative action does. It just opens the door to more people. Right. And, you know, all we want is unity. I just want to go on my rant again about, you know. Yeah. We're going to keep things the way they are, and you better keep your fucking uppity mouth shut. Uh, you want to get to the chorus then? Yes, because it's worse. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I'm guessing the way all of this makes him feel is, and here's the chorus, I feel angry, I feel helpless, want to change the world, yeah. I feel violent, I feel alone, don't, tra don't try and change my mind, no. Mm -hmm. Wow. Is that not perfect, Jay? Like, it's such a perfect encapsulation of, like, misplaced, fragile, just like, like, like plastic sitting out in the sun fragile white evangelical male anger of the last 30 years you know it's mm -hmm. like i feel like i'm being oppressed because other people also have an opportunity now and you know what this isn't fair i'm gonna get angry and no one's gonna talk me out of it i refuse to learn anything i refuse to see how other people are treated i refuse to see through anyone else's eyes I'm angry and you're not going to change my fucking mind. I feel violent. You know, earlier I talked about how this album just kind of reeks of privilege and, you know, yes. you're not, not thinking about societal ills or problems. And now on the one song where he does, mm -hmm. <laughs> this is what you get, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And what's funny is if you read on Wikipedia or like any of the like, like things out there that don't dig too deep. They just kind of give an overview of the album. They're like, one is about the lost unity of society. <laughs> huh. No, it's not. One is a fucking privileged screed against anyone other than himself having an opportunity. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
It turns out this is very Christian, Clifton. It's so Christian, Jay. <laughs> this is the most Christian album we've ever covered. <laughs> ever. It has it has the gospel in it, all the, all the way from the gospel to white male evangelical fragility that's triggered at everything. Mm-hmm. Like, how is this not the perfect Christian album, Jay? Yeah. I mean, and, and, and everything in between, by the way, is just woe is me, some mystical third force is oppressing me kind of thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Plus, it has terrible cover art, so I think, you know, you can add that in, too. Yeah, you know, it's a white guy uh, in a corner looking like he's being oppressed by everything. Right, by affirmative action. Jesus yeah, Christ. That's, that is what this cover art is. Holy shit. Good job, Jay. <laughs> All right. Anything else to say about this album overall? Well, in the in the thank yous, in case you were oh, yeah. wondering, they thanked God. They also thanked Usher. Um, so, <laughs> got a qu- got a lot of questions there, but anyway, we can move mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, they think a lot of family as well, you know. Um. It's my copy here points towards creed.com. So I assume that my copy is a re-release because I went and found their website and they didn't have creed.com until let me pull it up here on the way back machine from 1997 through 98 and into 99 creed.com was for a plumbing contractor. (laughs) And then in November of 1998, Creed.com launches for the band Creed. Yeah. That's a long time. Took him a long time. Uh, I wonder how much that plumbing contractor made. Right? The- <laughs> and what's funny is there's a long time in between. Sorry, that was wrong. The website doesn't show up until October 18th, 2000. So, and it was just blank. There's no captures in between those two periods huh. from April, 1999 until October, 2000. So maybe they were in like talks to buy the website, the domain for that long. I don't know. Right. But it's kind of funny. I mean, getting back to overalls on this, I, <sighs> it's just, <laughs> It's weird to me this was so popular. I mean, I guess I've yeah. always thought that about Creed, but now digging into it more now, I'm even more like, mm-hmm. why did this just kind of like take take over for a while? Like Creed was the rock band for mm-hmm. a period well, of time. I think we're going to get into that in my award for this album. Okay. Um, so I don't, maybe I will skip my analysis on that until then. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, do you have anything else about, you know, packaging, lyrics, any of that stuff? You know, it's pretty simple. The lyrics in the packaging are very minimal. Sometimes I don't even have all the lyrics here, I would, I'll say. But, you know, it's all here. It's pretty easy to read. It's pretty simple. There's just a lot of, like, texture and stuff to it. Pretty simple. Okay. Yeah. Um. Well... This is another silly question, but do you want to tell us where they are now? No, but, you know, <laughs> Creed went on to to make two more albums and sell a god-awful lot of them. Um, you know, they filled a lot of arenas with screaming fans, and they probably made a lot of money, I'm guessing. 
the problem was that the whole time Scott Stapp was being Scott Stapp, who's an unlikable asshole who was too big for his own fucking britches and was constantly in feuds with other musicians from from Fred Durst to Dave Grohl to anything. Like he would just pick fights with other people for God knows why, you know, well, the, he's also a drunkie and alcoholic, you know, a, a, a junkie and alcoholic. So, you know, <laughs> that's maybe that's why, you know, and I would normally be more sympathetic to, you know, addictions, but this guy is honestly hard to feel sorry for because he has too much money and doesn't know what to do with it. And it's just an asshole. Yeah. Um, 2006 Creed broke up in the sense that they kicked Scott out of the band and the rest of them went on to make more music under the name Alter Bridge. Um, Scott put out some solo music. Um, the guitarist, Mark Tremonti, has both a signature guitar and amplifier through PRS, both very popular. And they did a reunion in 2009 or something. I don't, I don't really, I don't care. Yeah, that's it. Well, um, Okay, well, I'm going to ask you now, what what's the award for this album? Clinton? Yeah, this is a big moment. Are you ready? I give this the Oppressed Impotent White Male Award. Because if nothing else triggers you except for everything, you're going to love this motherfucking album. And it's probably the only thing, it's probably about as complex an album as you can listen to without it sounding like a million clinging bells in your head. That's a pretty good award, Clifton. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's why it's popular because it has a touch of Christianity to it. And like, because the real religion of Christian of, of America, you know, when, 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 when people claim that America is a Christian nation, they don't mean that it's a Christian nation in the sense that like it's Christian, the religion the the american religion is it takes ideas from christianity but instead of being about salvation and and helping other people it's about selfishness and and always feeling like you're being oppressed by somebody else right like i mean from the very first days of the king of England being like, hey, guys, if we're going to keep fighting wars to protect you from Indians that you keep slaughtering, you're going to maybe need to pay some taxes to cover those wars. And the colonists being like, fuck you, you better protect us no matter what. All the way to today, we have just been a nation of white males who are mad about everything. And usually it's all our fault. Yeah. Fair. So I think that's why this album is popular because it speaks to who Americans are. Hmm. <sighs> yeah. All right. Oh, that's depressing. <laughs> I'll have a bunch of references in the show notes, by the way. Not that I used all or many of them, but there's a lot of things out there, obviously. <laughs>
Well, what are we doing next time? <laughs> Jay, we are going to listen to the gorgeous, beautiful Firecracker EP by Unwed Sailor. Complete shift from this. Yes. <laughs> and I'm very curious what talking about a an <laughs> album with no lyrics is going to be like for us. It's going to be an experience. Yeah, I have a feeling we won't be able to rant and rave as much, but you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll do our best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Your Music Saved Us. If you enjoyed your time with us, please leave us a review or share this episode. Visit patreon.com slash YMSU to contribute and get extended episodes. Visit our website, yourmusicsavedus.com, to find out all the ways to listen. We're on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Also, I've just been told we've been added to threads, so there you yeah. go. Join our Facebook group or follow us to keep up with the latest or interact with us and send complaints and disagreements to yourmusicsavedus at gmail.com. The music in this episode is the work of Creed and is used with fuck yous, not permission. <laughs> don't give these guys any money. Yeah. They have enough, they, honestly. They don't need like, your money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> All right, bye, bye everybody. Um, okay, I might just go pee. Yes. <laughs>